Well, they say uh, a week is a long time in politics. If that is true of a week, what about this year? 2018 has felt like a very long year indeed. Let me just refresh your memory of this year with a few pictures. Firstly, Donald Trump, the President of the United States, sometimes called the leader of the free world. Who would have thought it? Yet he has constantly stoked bitter rivalry, division, racial tension, and demeaned the high office. Secondly, Kim Jong-un, supreme leader of North Korea. Three years ago, Kim stated that his family turned North Korea into a powerful nuclear weapons state ready to detonate a self-reliant A-bomb and H-bomb to reliably defend its sovereignty and the dignity of the nation. In January this year, North Korea's nuclear arsenal was estimated at up to 60 bombs. Analysts think that they may have a missile capable of striking anywhere in the United States. Donald Trump's response? Here it is from a tweet. North Korea leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button? But it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his. And my button works! <laughs> Do you feel safe? Now Trump is right about one thing, depletion and food starvation. All that money spent on weapons, but the average North Korean lives in conditions little better than a concentration camp. They reckon that over 40% of North Koreans, over 10 million people are undernourished. And 28% of children under five have stunted growth. What about here? Now, whatever your politics, Theresa May seems like a pretty decent human being. She's not completely mad, like most world leaders. Mrs. May was an experienced senior politician when she became prime minister. Her job? Deliver Brexit. It just shows that some jobs are impossible to do. Britain is a mess. Janice Turner, writing in the Times newspaper yesterday, looked back over 2018 and she was gloomy. She says that Britain has never ended a year so fragmented. There's a central divide over leave or remain. And from that branch, says Janice Turner, countless other cracks and divisions spread out through society. Divisions between young and old. Divisions between city and province. Divisions between families and dearest friends. And she writes, paradoxically, we've become more mindful of causing racist or sexist offense while finding new ways to dehumanize each other. And she then concludes, there is little hope we can ever live in peace again. Yes, 2018 has felt like a very long year indeed. Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you didn't come to church to feel good, did you? Now let me just step back a moment from all that. What does this show us? I think it shows us that we, the people, hope for certain things from our leaders. And we're always disappointed. We hope for at least four things from our leaders, don't we? We want justice. We want wisdom. We want strength and compassion. Justice to do the right thing. Wisdom to know the right course of action. Strength to have the power and the capacity to deliver it. And compassion so that strength isn't just brute force, but deep tenderness to care for the vulnerable. Isn't that what we really want from our leaders?
And yet we're always disappointed because no mere mortal ever seems to deliver. Now the Bible recognizes this deep need that we have for good government and leadership. The prophet Isaiah, writing centuries, maybe seven, eight hundred years before Jesus, predicted that there was going to be a better tomorrow. We read it earlier on. He said that there'll be a time when every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. In other words, the destruction of military hardware because there's no more need for fighting. The end of war, peace on earth. How would this new day come about? Isaiah predicted it would be because of a new leader, strangely described as a child. Here are those words again. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wise. Mighty God. Strong. Everlasting Father. Permanent. Prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever a just reign there it is it's all in there the hope of nations justice wisdom strength compassion but who is this child that Isaiah wrote about all those hundreds of years before Christmas. It is Jesus. Jesus is the promised child, and that's what Christmas is all about. Let me just say something that we very rarely hear or say. Christmas is basically political. Christmas is basically political. Now, I immediately have to say, I don't mean party politics. Christianity is not aligned with one political party or ideology and it never should be whenever it does line up we have bad things happening Christianity is much bigger than that it's about a new king a new ruler a new world order that is like no other and we're going to spend just 10 minutes together looking into a well-known story about the shepherds but realize it's not really about the shepherds it's about the baby in the manger there are two kings in this story and two responses. Firstly, it's a tale of two kings. This is how it begins. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. The first king in our story is the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus. He was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. He was a strong man of great ability. He had a relentless drive for power. Augustus single-handedly turned Rome from a republic into an empire through a bloody civil war and he appointed himself guess what as the first emperor he said he had brought peace and justice to the whole world he declared that his father Julius Caesar was a god I mean I like my dad but I don't think I'd go that far he declared his father was a god and so then he was the son of god now what did Augustus achieve there was an inscription made during his reign that said the birthday of Augustus was the beginning for the world of the good news that have come to people through him. It said Augustus was a savior for us who makes wars to cease and created order everywhere. Did he really achieve that? Of course not. To our modern way of thinking, he was an absolute dictator. And did he bring peace to the world? Of course not. 
some forced order for a few years but then it fell apart again the reality was just like every other flawed leader but during that Caesar's reign a baby boy was born in a very obscure corner of the eastern empire in occupied Palestine he was born in Bethlehem which was actually the town of the great Jewish king David and this was no ordinary birth it was actually heralded by divine by spiritual beings called angels I'm sure you know the story there were shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks at night shepherds were social outcasts they didn't have a, a normal seat at the table they weren't allowed into church on on the Saturday they were seen as pretty scruffy and yet these ones are there minding their own business and suddenly an angel appeared to them and the glory of God it says shone around them the dark night was suddenly illuminated by the brightness and the glory of, of God himself and they were absolutely terrified you know, there's nothing fuzzy and sentimental about this story it's a story about terror and so the angel's first words to them are basically guys calm down don't be afraid it's okay because I've come to give you good news of great joy for all people now what is this good news of great joy here it is today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the Messiah the Lord this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger and suddenly a whole army of angels appeared and sang to glory, glory to God in the highest. Even angels were astonished by what had just happened and they showed up en masse to sing their hearts out. Now why was this so significant? What is it about this baby? Why is this good news of great joy for all people? The answer is given in the three titles that the angel bestows on Jesus. It's, it says this baby is the saviour the Messiah and the Lord three titles makes for quite a business card Savior is the rescuer who saves people from despair and disaster Messiah is a special king promised and appointed by God to sort out the world and all its problems and Lord is a ruler of greatness and majesty this baby born in some obscure town is the Savior Messiah and Lord and because Jesus is all three of those things he is the one true king the one who is just wise strong compassionate the one true king the king promised by prophets and therefore the angels sing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests peace on earth the bible claims that because of Jesus one day everything sad is going to come untrue because of Jesus there will be a better tomorrow because of Jesus you can enjoy peace now in your own heart that spreads through your relationships now that is good news of great joy the story is a tale of two kings a conventional earthly king and an utterly unconventional baby who will become the ruler of the world but it's also a story of two responses those shepherds were faced with a decision weren't they they could just try and forget about the angel stay there with the sheep write off what they'd seen as a sort of group hallucination or take God at his word and go and check it out what did they do they acted 
on what they'd heard. And they hurried down to Bethlehem. And the sign that the shepherds would know they'd found the right baby was that he was in a manger. It's emphasized three times. And of course, that is a unique identifier, isn't it? How many other babies were born in Bethlehem that night and then put into a feeding trough? The most famous feeding trough in history. So they went. They took the angel at his word and they found the manger and it was just as they'd been told. The word was true. So their response was to praise God and go and tell people about the wonderful things they'd seen. They went and spread the word. These very ordinary, in fact, marginalized people became the first followers of Jesus. The second response is also a very ordinary person. It's the Virgin Mary. Her world had just been turned upside down. She too had seen an angel about nine months before and been given a message. It was that she would conceive without being intimate with a man, a unique divinely conceived baby but who would believe that story certainly not her fiance Joseph who was a decent guy and was inclined to marry her and then divorce her quietly but Mary too took God at his word she obeyed even though she didn't understand what was happening even though it was beyond her categories something strange was happening in her world but she believed what God was saying to her and it says here she treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart there's a second response she treasured all these things and pondered them deeply in her heart it means that she she thought about it very deeply she tried to put connect it all together put it in context she let it go down deep not just skim off the top of her head now what about you this Christmas will you do that will you be like the shepherd take some action hurry to find out just who Jesus might be would you be like Mary listen to what's said and ponder it deeply weigh it up is it true where are you with Jesus Christ this Christmas if faith was a game of football where would you be some of us here would be on the pitch fully involved some would be on the sideline not quite sure but warming up others would be maybe coming off going down the tunnel disillusioned giving up on the faith maybe some are just spectating Christmas says to us a new king has been born he's the saviour the messiah and the lord it is good news of great joy for all people so you've got to do something about it Now that's nearly all we have time for today. And I just want to ask you if you're basically a spectator or you're prepared to try and get on the pitch. Don't pass this by like a sentimental fiction. The Bible says the one true hope of the world was born that day. That has got to be worth investigating. But there's one thing we haven't said today which I think we should say, which is this. How does Jesus Christ bring peace? The answer is that this was not the last time that Jesus' body was wrapped in strips of cloth and laid in a strange resting place. 33 years later, it happened again. This time, it was his death. He'd been executed by the Roman Empire, a state execution on a cruel instrument called a cross, and he'd been put in a tomb, wrapped in strips of cloth again and buried. 
Yet Jesus had said this was exactly how he was going to come and bring peace on earth through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to heaven again. And that from there he would reign and one day bring true peace throughout the whole world. You see, this baby was born to die. So let me close by saying three things. I want to dare you if you're not a Christian here today or you're not sure where you are on the pitch. If you know a committed Christian, are you brave enough to ask them, what does knowing Jesus mean to you? And don't be put off by the messenger. We know we're really flawed, but we've got a message about someone far greater. Secondly, would you be brave enough to take a book? We bought all these things on that table to give away. This one is called Luke. It's one of the Gospels, one of the official biographies of Jesus. Read it over Christmas. There's some other things as well. The only thing that you can't take away is that wooden box, which is for offerings. Please don't take it or I'll get into a lot of trouble. And thirdly, would you be prepared to plug in at some level to church? We've got uh, some feedback forms uh, on the back of your order of service. If you'd like, fill it in. We'd love to hear what you thought about this service. Maybe tick some of the boxes if you want to get in touch. And then pop it in this gold post box here. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear your questions. Don't stay on the bench. This is good news of great joy for all the world. There is a new king and there is a better tomorrow. Happy Christmas.